Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to another edition of the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. Just racking them up, racking them up, racking them up. Giving you information about COVID-19 and what's happening, well, in these parts and what's happening on the, on the national level. The mayor president is returning this week to the show with a lot of information as she will be coming into, into the studio she hosted, hosted, she facilitated a press conference a couple of hours ago talking about domestic violence. And I'm going to ask her to kind of reiterate some of what was said out there. And it's, it's something that is, is not on the radar for everyone, but is a very, very, very serious thing. We're also going to talk today with the Baton Rouge police chief. He will be returning to the show again. The sheriff had a conflict, could not make it today, but... Obviously, we're going to talk with him again next week, maybe once or twice. Still working on getting the DA here with us in studio. Congressman Garrett Graves will get him on in the next week, which is the the, the plan. And if there are other areas, I'm, I'm going to be talking to some of my friends who are in the restaurant business to articulate to you some of what they're going through. That's a man. It's a tough, tough thing. Uh, Adam Knapp was on with us a couple of days ago, and as you know, Adam talked about what's happening with businesses that are not just restaurants and resources that are available. If you didn't hear that, you can check out the most recent show in the archives and hear what's happening with that. Listen, we thank you guys for the feedback, and we want to provide as much information to you as possible. There are a lot of great sources, people who are doing it, and I'm just trying to be another Another place to get that information. So thank you so much. You can always email me directly, clay at podcast225.com. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR, on Instagram, Clay underscore YoungBR, and on Facebook. So the mayor's on deck, and then the police chief talking about COVID-19. Podcast225.com. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. And now, a special Manners Minute. Allow me to propose a thought for this time of quarantine. We can view this season as a loss or a gain. We can use this time to find new answers for old problems so we can create a new normal, a better normal, or we can fret the days away and lose this grand opportunity for lasting change. Carl Sandburg once wrote, Time is the coin of your life. It is the only coin you have, and only you can determine how it will be spent. Be careful lest you let other people spend it for you. How are you spending these strange times? Are you using them to improve yourself? to learn something new, to repair broken relationships, to strengthen bonds of family, co-workers, and other friendships? We all have a choice to make, to deal with this societal correction with fear or hope. I pray you'll choose hope. Learn more about Manners of the Heart at mannersoftheheart.org. The most important issues facing our state and our region. The Clay Young Show. On podcast225.com. Back with the very, very busy Mayor President Sharon Weston Broom, who is here with us in studio. And as she is here with us today, she just recently rec- uh, recorded, uh, hosted live a press conference that dealt with domestic violence. And I think I- I'd like to start there before mm-hmm. we do the, the overlay Absolutely. of this week. 
for people who are tuning into us now earlier today, if they were you know busy, didn't catch it, you and other city officials, the, the district attorney, the police chief, in addition to some organization leaders, mm-hmm. addressed the spike in domestic violence calls. Could you speak to that? Absolutely. Um, you know, annually, our district attorney, Hiller Moore, puts out a report around domestic violence, mm-hmm. and his report was forthcoming, but we thought because of what is taking place now with the COVID-19 pandemic and the stay-at-home order and the spike mm-hmm. uh, and concerns around domestic violence that we would get it out uh, today. And so uh, we know that during a crisis, uh, volatile circumstances can increase, right? right? And we have increased stress and the closure of schools and places of of work are closed. And all of this can contribute to volatile circumstances. And um, we are very concerned about people now who are in their homes and may be victims of abuse and domestic violence. You know, I said to you before we started recording that, it wasn't something that I thought about because with everything else going on and there is so much information to consume as it relates to COVID-19 and, and the, the orders coming out of your office, the, the governor's office and the White House. And this is something you're going, wow, that is a real thing. So for people listening and they're looking for resources, I mean, where are you directing them to get help? Absolutely. Well, our partners in this um, um effort to curb uh, domestic violence, uh, our, our district attorney, mm-hmm. um, our sheriff's office, sure. Sheriff Sid Gotro, uh, Chief Murphy Paul, mm-hmm. and today uh, we also had the chief judge of family uh, court, Hunter Green, right. speak, and the court is open. So, for so ex- he said that. That yes. was a, an important point because people have believed that every area yes. of government is shut down. He reiterated- court. Family court is still operational, which means what to the listening public? Well, if there um, are orders that uh, need to be uh, put in place, Mm -hmm. restraining orders, that he is able to do that in uh, in light of the overall stay-at-home order and shutdown of many um, city, parish, and state offices. Uh, But also we had... Uh, John Price from the Iris Domestic Violence Center. Mm -hmm. That has been a center uh, that has responded to domestic violence in our community for years. And of course, Tawana Harris with the Butterfly Society. And so both of them are responders. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put them in the category along with our other first responders. They are. They are first responders to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star is also yep. uh, in that. Yeah, yeah, Rachel and her group. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we are affording individuals an opportunity to connect with all of our partners. And we also have a, a website that we're pushing all out uh, for people who may feel stress mm-hmm. during this time. And it's called uh, Keep Calm. And um, I will get that information to you before we Mm -hmm. conclude today. Mm -hmm. And that is a a website, a number that people can call to get um, information Information. about that. And so um, assistance, you know, Mm -hmm. in addition to domestic violence, Clay, there are many people who are fearful. Right. And fear brings on anxiety Mm -hmm. and anxiety takes, you know, anxiety breaks down your immune system or can impact your physical health, the stress of all this. And so being able to talk through this is very important. Uh, I am uh, being very intentional about taking breaks myself Mm -hmm. for my own physical and mental uh, health. And Mm -hmm. we all have to do that. Uh, we, we're continuing with our message about, uh, you know, making sure that people stay calm, sure. uh, that they stay aware, right. uh, but that they stay apart. But that does not mean you cannot go outside right. and take a walk mm-hmm. and release some of the stress. Yeah. Think about some other things other than COVID-19, because right. you and I both know, and you're in the media, but mm-hmm. you, you understand 
the cycle of news of COVID-19, there's nothing else There's on. nothing else, and I agree with you a million percent about disconnecting. You know, I went for a run this morning because I needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I and so exercise has not been prohibited. No, the, no. The, the governor, every level, you have said maintain your social distancing. Correct. But you can still, you've talked about you and the first gentleman going for walks exactly. and maintaining. So you have to do that. I mean, yeah. exercise is very good for your, your mental state anyway. Yeah. And, and I guess that leads me to something that I can ask you to, to elaborate on, as you say. Mm-hmm. The information overload in combination with bad information is what has fed some of the hysteria out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And that's bothersome to me mm-hmm. because people don't know what to believe. And so I just tell everybody, if it isn't a source from an official capacity Yes. Dismiss it. Exactly. And I think that's wise counsel. You know, um, there, it should be a trusted source. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can rest assured that it is not the, the intention, uh, nor will it uh, happen intentionally that the governor or um, our office or the sheriff mm-hmm. or the police chief or any people in uh, respected and trusted positions are going to push out misinformation. We do our best to push out accurate information. So we're encouraging people to go to our website, brla.gov, go to the LDH website. Um, You know, social media certainly has its advantages, (laughs) but it also has its disadvantages. Oh, my goodness. And unfortunately, one of the disadvantages is that information is not held accountable. Um, Information can be put out without being checked. Uh, without being confirmed mm-hmm. and um, and p- many people believe that if it's on social media it's the truth right and that c- is far away from the truth it's, everything yeah. that is on social media is not the truth yeah. now there are trusted sources sure. on social media i mean we have a robust platform from mm-hmm. the mayor's office and there are other community partners that have their own platforms mm-hmm. that people trust whether it's a nonprofit organization like the council on aging mm-hmm. or whether it's a, a nonprofit organization like the butterfly society mm-hmm. or star mm-hmm. or united way united way yeah that's another trusted Cause, cause source george bell as i mean we both agree is a rock star and he's working with your office and and they are an extension of a lot of the great work that Absolutely. you're doing as well so for businesses right now, yes. in the last couple of days, uh, the chief has talked about this and there has been an initiative to define to businesses what the expectation is. I believe that a lot of people weren't compliant because they didn't understand what is in and out of bounds. Would you yeah. agree with that? I would agree. I think that there are, and the chief and I have had a conversation around this and actually his his uh, intelligence mm-hmm. around this matter certainly uh, helped build my frame of reference that there are many people who did not know specifically what the governor's right. order meant That's right. or what the content of it was. Mm-hmm. And, and in his order, his stay-at-home order specifically is what I'm talking about, he has outlined what essential businesses are and what non-essential businesses are. Mm-hmm. Uh, his executive order said that it would take effect which was last monday at 5 p.m mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there are many people who misinterpreted uh the executive order and i i, I just think it was just a need for clarification right and so the, you know i will tell you that our baton rouge police department has really been very polite and right. courteous and demonstrated the utmost uh, measure of community policing Mm -hmm. in helping businesses to understand. Because look, Clay, you and I both know that we we understand the the economic challenge that is coming uh, as a result of this unprecedented uh, uh, pandemic that we're in the middle of. But if we're going to get beyond this pandemic, if we're going to Uh, get back to restoration and health Mm -hmm. and move beyond this to, um, uh, you know, reviving and revitalizing and restoring our community, then we're going to have to adhere Mm -hmm. to what the medical professionals are recommending. And right now, if we are going to flatten the curve, which is the (laughs) everybody's talked about that now, then we've got to stay at home 
Everybody needs to practice uh, good hygiene. Everybody needs to social distance, Mm -hmm. practice social distancing and act as if everybody has it. Right. What would you do if you knew I had it or I knew you had it? Right. We would stay. We would make our distance. We would stay apart. We might social isolate. I know people who are just in social isolation because they don't want to catch it from somebody else who may be out there. Right. Not because they think they, they, not because they've been tested positive because they are trying to protect themselves and their families. Do you, for people who are wondering what the light at the end of the tunnel is, and and let's talk specifically for business because, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as mayor president, the economic stability of the area has to be important to you. Having businesses succeed and, and getting tax revenue going and having people employed, you have to want this to be over with as, as, as much as anyone out there. So kind of speak to that for people who are concerned about whether or not their business will survive this. Cause I've heard that from a number of people. Yeah. And I will tell you, I have uh, had uh, briefings with the business community, mm-hmm. uh, businesses of all types and of course, what I shared with you, one of our goals has been to do what we can in our power uh, to help those businesses. Mm-hmm. And so what we have done, as you probably remember me sharing with you, we've extended uh, the sales tax so they don't have to pay their sales tax at the uh, regular mm-hmm. deadline, which mm-hmm. gives them a little bit more bandwidth right. and margin in right. this process. We've allowed uh, certain businesses that are still up and running, for example, like our restaurants mm-hmm. um, that are doing takeout right. or drive-through, right. they can now add signage uh, to in front of their businesses. We've waived that sign okay. order, so people will know that they are uh, um, uh, alive so and well. Yeah, that's important mm-hmm. to to reiterate because <clears throat> a lot of businesses don't put signs in those right of ways, right. say along, you know, Perkins right. road or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. But you've lifted so we, that for how long? Um, until further notice. Okay. Until further notice. And then we are putting together resources, uh, for non restaurants. Uh, we're going to make an announcement about that next week. Today we have a conference call or a briefing with the small business association okay. that's going to, Uh, It's a webinar, actually, that's going to help empower our small businesses in the area in case they need to get a loan or tell them how they can uh, maintain a level of stability in the middle of this uh, crisis. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing everything that we can possibly do to to help encourage our our businesses during this time. Um, And we understand that our businesses are you know, part of the lifeline of our uh, community. Absolutely. So, and, and you know, you, you referenced earlier, like, like you said, extending and, and doing as much as you can within your purview for businesses. Now, for those who are on the opposite side of this, and, you know, I've spoken to the chief about businesses who've just kind of flouted the order altogether and just said, we're just going to go back to business as usual. What's your message to them? Well, my message to them is that they're putting themselves at risk. They're putting their clientele at risk, depending on what their business is. Mm -hmm. They're putting their families at risk. And they're putting this uh, entire city and parish at risk. Um, You know, we are working diligently, as I said, to flatten the curve. And to me, if people are not adhering and abiding to the stay-at-home order, I, I think it's real selfish. Uh, you know, we we promulgate uh, that we're people of faith in many instances, but, you know, are we acting like that? Right. Because, you know, th- what I read, it says, love God, then love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you are putting your neighbor at risk, you're not showing a whole lot of love for your neighbor. I agree. And, um, you know, I, I was going to wait to get to this a little later mm-hmm. on. But since you referenced that, I'll, I'll come to it right now. Mm-hmm. As you know, there is a, a, a pastor in within the parish who has made national news because of his unwillingness to suspend the gathering at his church. And in, and he he's even extended it further out by busing people in mm-hmm. from outside of East Baton Rouge Parish to hold service. Now, the sheriff was here last week as we record this. He had spoken to him and was assured that he was going to comply. He did not. And there are all signs 
that he's not going to comply this Sunday. So first, your response to that, and then as the parish leader, people want to know what can be done about it. Well, first of all, let me just share that I am a committed Christian. And I want people to know, especially his parishioners, that as I look through scripture, there are a lot of scriptures that talk about getting understanding, Mm -hmm. having wisdom. Mm -hmm. And what I see going on there is everything but having understanding and demonstrating wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and to put people at risk, not only the people in the congregation, but the people in the surrounding area and even in the parish. I mean, the numbers. And to continue to say to those in authority that you are going to comply and you don't comply. And everybody needs to understand that that is a that's the truth. This isn't a case of from the beginning him saying, hey, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. A number of officials have been assured that he was going to comply. Okay, and he didn't. So before people throw the credibility card or the honesty card or anything Mm. at, at you can't do that. No, and, and, exactly. and I think saying you're going to do it and then not do it is a way to get away with it because people mm-hmm. aren't. Pre- so I don't know what's going to happen Sunday, but here's what my hope is that there isn't a silly confrontation. Yeah. We don't need resources yeah. moved away from what they're doing to go right. deal with that. Would you agree? I wholeheartedly agree. And that's, you know, that's one of the challenges. You know, everybody gets it that, you know, it seems like that, um, unfortunately, he is trying to provoke a confrontation. That's what it looks like to me. And then what happens? Then we're on the national That's news. Right. We right. put, you know, law enforcement against the church. Yeah. Then it makes us look like, you know, we're the bad guy here right. in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, paints right. us in a negative light. We're going against his First Amendment rights. Right. And then right. who knows who will show up then, right. Right. right? right? And so I have been in communication with law enforcement and uh, various individuals uh, about next steps. And, mm-hmm. and I assure you that uh, there are some plans in place. Mm-hmm. But I would appeal to anybody who knows anybody that is part of that congregation, uh, you know, a- appeal to them yeah. that they should not be uh, for their own health purposes right uh not be engaging uh you know in services at that at this time you know all the and and this is the other side clay we have a plethora of churches in this parish no question and the other churches are complying that's right they're churches doing, larger than his yeah, are complying they're doing online services right. live streaming right uh, Bible studies uh, on conference calls, you name it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, for for him to do this is is certainly, um, you know, troubling right. uh, in many ways. Yeah. It's yeah. troubling in many ways. And uh, it's unfortunate that he has chosen to go down uh, this path. Um, and, you know, it's my prayer yeah. that he will be uh, touched to change the direction and trajectory he's on right now because yeah. it is not a good path uh, for the community, uh, for the city or the parish as we all are working to fight mm-hmm. this COVID-19. And everybody else is having to comply with what we're being asked to do. Everybody, you you have downsized the number of people working in City Hall because of this. Oh, absolutely. I'm practicing it. Businesses all over. We're mm-hmm. all complying. Yeah. So, that's the thing about this, and, and I won't ask you to speak to that, but some of the selfishness that has been on display in lots of areas is what has been so frustrating. But And maybe not speaking to that, but what, in the last three weeks, what has frustrated you the most? Well, you know, uh, I will tell you, uh, at first, I was a little concerned that people weren't listening as we were putting out messages. But right. I have to say, in all honesty, um, I've had a number of communications from people in the city and parish. And guess what? They want the same thing that we want in government. Right. They're reaching out to me and they're saying, Mayor, 
I passed by this park and people were not practicing social distancing. Mayor, it's a gazillion people out on the golf course. Uh, Mayor, I passed by this uh, business and they're open because people want a future. Right. They want a future for their families, for their children and their grandchildren. Right. And if we don't adhere to what is uh, to um, what the directives that are um, we're being asked of us, mm-hmm. then we are negating and diffusing our own future right. as a city and as a parish, and prolonging this and thing. prolonging this. Absolutely, we don't want COVID nineteen to be our life, right? For, you know, for years to come, right? We want to cut it off in its tracks. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways we do that is do what we can in our power. Right. And that means social distancing, staying apart, mm-hmm. and adhering to the directives that are going on. So what are some other, you have had a number of press briefings this week on oh, yeah. multiple areas. I mean, and there's, there's a lot of information to get out because you have industry, you have nonprofit organizations, residents all pulling <laughs> to get their own piece of information. If you were to think back on this week and and run through it and reshare or or reiterate to people what they should remember going into this weekend as we record it and then heading forward. Yeah. Well, first of all, I always have to point to the fact that we were the first to have a volunteer community-driven testing site. Correct. And that testing site has uh completed over a thousand uh, test in almost two weeks. Wow. I have to reiterate that this was an initiative, a proactive initiative mm-hmm. that was implemented with the mayor's office and our hospitals in the area, Our Lady of the Lake, Oshner, uh, Baton Rouge General, right. Women's Hospital, and Baton Rouge Clinic, and all of our health care providers. They have been taking inventory of test kits mm-hmm. and their own inventory, I should say, of test kits, and they've been donating them on a daily basis to help us test individuals in the community, the most vulnerable, mm-hmm. those that have underlying health issues. And so we've seen almost a thousand people. We didn't wait on the federal government. Right. We didn't wait on the state. Right. This is what unif- being unified around a, a common concern can do for a community. Sure. Sure. This is a prototype. And in fact, I am, uh, our team is putting together a pamphlet so we can help other mayors, mm-hmm. because let me tell you, the other thing, uh, Clay, is that I looked at a one of my staff members shared a uh, po- some polling data from the National League of Cities. And this data showed that citizens are looking to local government to help them out in right. this pandemic. Now, our budgets weren't designed for a pandemic like this, no. but we are on the front lines as mayors council members, everybody that works at the local level, and I would even say at the state level, because the state level is really mm-hmm. local government in Especially many ways. In Baton Rouge. In, in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. exactly. And so we've been working hand in hand to see what we can do with the resources that we have to be proactive and preventative against COVID-19. And this uh, testing site is a stellar example of what can happen when people unify. And I, I can't thank our first responders, our healthcare professionals, our hospitals and clinics that have all rallied together right. in this fight against COVID-19. And I would say that one of the things that I know the public doesn't have a taste for now is politics. And, and I've heard it a, a lot over the last 10 days. People don't want to hear it. They really want this. Mm-mm. And I said it on a previous show. Look, we can get back to that stuff when this is all over with. But right now we have to be focused on the task at hand. So and, and I think that's you talk about the collaborative effort. The medical community, you referenced them earlier and you talked about these organizations being first responders. And I really don't think we can heap enough praise. Oh, absolutely. On the people in these hospitals doing because mm-hmm. the, they are really mm-hmm. encountering mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. in a way that they can't avoid. Mm-hmm. So exactly. speak to that. Yeah. You know, our first responders, the healthcare professionals, the medical professionals, our EMS workers, our firefighters, our 
uh, law enforcement, police and sheriff, all of these are constables. All of these folks are on the front line. Mm-hmm. They uh, are sacrificing their time uh, and they are um, uh, without question um, w- there to help. And so what we need to do in one of my messages which is another reason why we need to adhere to the directives of staying at home. We should assist our first responders. They are worthy, certainly, of praise. But the way we help them is to do what we're supposed to do. Right. So I'm always saying help, you know, do what you're supposed to do. And then that will help our first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, they have families. Um, uh, they want to go safely home to their families. I will tell you that we have initiated a um, a first responder uh, location uh, for our first responders to get all of the medical uh, responses that they need personally, mm-hmm. whether it's a test, whether it's counseling. Uh, we've we've uh, we have a a uh, facility that we've initiated to help them. And offer a response to them as they uh, fight for us. What about PPE here? People have talked about that, the ventilators and everything. Where is Baton Rouge as it relates to that? Well, I will tell you that um, Baton Rouge, we just did a major announcement yesterday with our business community uh, about an outreach challenging our business community for uh, PPEs. Uh, And we've established a local site at the uh, Baton Rouge Airport where businesses can drop off PPEs that will be for first responders, Mm -hmm. medical professionals, healthcare uh, providers. So we have done that. Um, Our PPEs for our first responders are limited. uh, And I should say PPE uh, for our first responders is limited, but our purchasing department has been set successful in placing orders with a number of vendors. And mm-hmm. so we have masks, gloves, gowns, face shields, and hand sanitizer coming in. Um, and that should, you know, put us uh, up to speed with what we need. And on Monday, we're activating a second ambulance as part of our COVID-19 emergency response team. So what we've uh, done is that we've established two response teams that are dedicated solely just for COVID-19 calls. And I found out uh, today, uh, Clay, that um, we had 25 calls respond 25 calls um regarding COVID-19 25 to our um EMS center Mm -hmm. our communications center sure and uh then we had uh a, a number 25 that were dispatched or nine I'm sorry nine uh transports mm-hmm. we had nine transports um and that took place as a result of the 25 calls and so we're getting messages on a, a consistent basis where our first responders are um going out and offering a response and so um we're also encouraging people um to call the 211 statewide right. network right uh, or they can uh, text the keyword LA COVID uh, for more information uh, to 898 uh during this time. Uh, there's a general information line as well, 1 855 523 2652. What about the, you, the last couple of times you've been here, you talked about city services as, as much as possible are still operational. Obviously, Absolutely. People know garbage is being yeah. picked up as mm-hmm. normal. What about for them, sanitation workers and public works guys who are maintaining mm-hmm. the grass and lawns yes. in the city? Yeah, we are taking, you know, I want to thank all of our essential, I want to thank all city parish workers, essential and non-essential as we categorize them during this crisis because they have been extremely responsive. But for those that are now working because they are part of that uh, essential category. They are uh, continuing their same level of service, DPW, uh, permitting, etc. And um, um, I will say that our services are have been maintained. In fact, um, our garbage service pickup mm-hmm. is still at the same level. And so 
our goal is to not have any disruption right. in city services as right. we work through this COVID-19. And our department leaders uh, and our senior team uh, and those essential personnel are making sure that doesn't take place. Yeah, because those guys are still out there working and oh, they, yeah. as they have been since this yeah. has been going on. Getting, the, yeah. I mean, you know, people don't notice garbage pickups until they stop happening. Right. And, <laughs> and so it hasn't stopped. And that's been yeah, that's been a good thing. Is there any other thing, any final thought you want to you want to share before we wrap this up? Well, I, I Clay, I thank you for the opportunity. And I guess my my message is and you said something earlier that, you know, this is not a time for uh, political drama. Right. It's a time for all of us to come together on the federal, state, and local level mm-hmm. to offer a response to the citizens that uh, uh, we represent and that the citizens that rely on us. We have to be concerned about our vulnerable populations that are among us. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's vitally important that all of us uh, work cohesively together. And I want to thank our um, congressional delegation uh, for working for Louisiana. I want to thank our governor. I want to thank our legislators. I want to thank our city, our Metro Council, and the all of the elected officials who've been on the calls, the mayors from other uh, areas, Zachary, Central, uh, Baker, mm-hmm. for all working cohesively. We have... Uh, we communicate on a daily basis and everybody is united around doing what's best for the citizens um, that we serve. And I I think that's a very important message and I'm glad to see that uh, happening. Uh, You know, we have to do everything possible within our power uh, to make sure that Baton Rouge returns to a state of uh, peace, prosperity, and and progress. And we can't do it if we don't unite and work together. Um, And so as we move forward in the next coming days, the message is consistent to stay calm, stay aware, and stay Stay apart. (laughs) (laughs) Mayor President Sharon Weston-Broom, back to talk with Chief Murphy Paul in just a moment. Podcast225.com. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, we have known for years the damage caused by termites in this part of the country, and the season's about to begin again, so it's time for prevention. Yes, it really is. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, in the next couple of weeks with the warmer weather, you may start seeing signs of winged termites flying okay. in your home. Swarming. But swarming. These are these are subterraneans. These are not the Formosans. You'll notice pinholes in your sheetrock. But mm-hmm. the first thing you want to do is go outside and find the tunnels along the side of the home. Okay. If you find that, you need to come see us. We carry the exact same products the professionals right. use. And these are soil barrier treatments right. that'll last 10 years. And you can do it yourself and save money. Excellent. So if you're in the New Orleans area, where can I get this stuff? Well, come by and see us in Metairie. We're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Villery Florist and Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're on the Palco just past the Harvey Bridge. That's New Orleans. What about the capital city area? In Orleans, Baton Rouge, we're located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway. Or give us a call at 273-4788 if you have any questions. Don't get caught unprepared. Use what the pros use by going to Pest Stop on O'Neill Lane. This is the Clay Young Show. (laughs) You know, Sid might have been right about you the other day when he was in here. If this one was streaming, it would definitely make you smile if you were watching the Chief. He's got a little rhythm, too. Yeah. So, uh, Chief Murphy Paul back in studio with us again and uh, talking about the the end of this week as we move into the weekend dealing with COVID-19. And uh, the mayor president was just here a moment ago talking about a number of topics. And so I'm going to start at the beginning with you where I was with her about 10 minutes in, and that is about this pastor in central okay and and that's outside of the jurisdiction of baton rouge right and the reason i'm bringing it up is because of that point mm-hmm. and i'm going to pivot off of that to talk about compliance yeah so that those actions are bringing up the necessity of compliance right you over the last few days have been talking to the public via media social media and traditional media about 
compliance. Right. Take start with us right there where you are on that. Well, it's important. And and I think what happens is when you have uh, something like what's going on in, 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 in Central mm-hmm. and then you got businesses of folks here, they see that. And the message is, well, you're not doing anything to them. Mm-hmm. What makes why can't I or if I do, then what are you going to do to me? Right. Right. So what are the consequences for uh, disobeying? A order. What are the consequences for not following the proclamation issued by our governor right. and, and the direction issued by our mayor? And it sends the wrong message. Right. Uh, it, it confuses. Uh, you know, we have a team of officers, uh, uh, one officer in particular who's leading that effort and coordinating with the uh, ABC, mm-hmm. uh, the sheriff's office, uh, the fire department. Uh, and coordinating with the uh, the state agency so that we're not duplicating any effort. Right. Uh, we we had businesses. We had a, a furniture store. Uh, we had a um, a beauty salon, mm-hmm. a gym, and a gift shop. Yeah. And I can tell you, those businesses, from what I'm being told uh, from my offices, genuinely believed that they could be open. There was some confusion. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think everybody is on social media. Everybody isn't. Right. Everybody watches television. Everybody doesn't. Mm -hmm. So we have to go out there and make them aware of these laws. And I'll tell you, after these heart to heart conversations, I I can tell you they're in compliance. Most people get it. Absolutely. And and I think we were talking about this a second ago for a lot of people. It isn't an overt action to be noncompliant. It's I really thought I could do this, as you said. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be more clarity about that. And I know that the city is working on it as well as at at the state level to make it black and white. Yes. Clear. No gray area. Because if you give a business an opportunity for uh, being open and there's some gray, they're going to do it. Absolutely. And let, let, me, let me make sure I'm clear on this. Most businesses are complying and get it. That's right. Uh, but there are a few, yeah. uh, a few that we had to go out, have those conversations with. But I have not received anything uh, from my staff uh, indicating that those owners or managers of those establishments didn't understand our position on it and, and has communicated to us that they will be in compliance uh, until the date that was issued by the governor. It's Friday as we record this. Mm-hmm. Give us a grade on where we are on the stay-at-home order for people being in their houses and not moving around. Ooh, you know, we talk about it, 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 and it, good question. You know, I always think these questions, and Clay would have one that I didn't think about, but it is a good question because I'm thinking right now. That's, I didn't the, that's the whole that point one. of doing the interview right there. Yeah, so, all right, yeah. Billy D. That's so, um, look. So, what, what I look at right before I came here, I looked at the calls for service. Yeah. Right, and I look at. Uh, the compliance. I can tell you when I look at traffic, yeah, there's compliance. There's, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, there's there's no traffic when I come in the morning. Uh, you know, look, looking at going from point A to point B, uh, mm-hmm. working, uh, we see that. Uh, I see some uh, uh, the calls for services mm-hmm. are down in some areas. Some right. areas we still have to work on. Yeah. So uh, when I look at that, I think it's it's everything. I still think you got this small group of people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That we spend energy and time. Always going to be the case. Right. Just like with crime is less mm-hmm. than six percent of the population is, is, is responsible for the majority of the crime uh, here in Baton Rouge. Just less than that. That's responsible for the violent crime. Mm-hmm. And I think that those numbers are probably uh, in the same in terms of those people who are not getting the message mm-hmm. that are not getting the message. So uh, if I would have to put a percentage to it, I would probably say around in that area. So. The mayor was here, as you know, a moment ago, and as we record this interview, you were a part of a press conference with her earlier today that dealt with domestic violence. And it's funny, not laugh out loud funny, just interesting that I watched it and I said to her, with everything else going on, something like that doesn't dawn on you until you're told, you know, hey, there are people who are victims yep. of domestic violence, whether it's just physical violence or physical in the sexual nature. And they're having to be, in some cases, stuck in a place with their violator. Yeah. You don't think about that. And so y- y- y'all talked about resources that are available. And the mayor went into detail on some of that. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about it as well, because you did. You were there and spoke at this press conference. Yeah, Butterfly Society, Iris, uh, mm-hmm. two of our partners here uh, that have 24 hour, uh, seven, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, uh, counseling services, uh, 
uh, among other services for victims of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes we talk about the victims, but what we do know in some of these cases, unfortunately, uh, victims of domestic violence find themselves in those positions again. Sure. And and, and I'll leave that to the experts on, on why. Sure, sure. But but we have to give those persons, those um, um, persons who are the uh, the perpetrators in these particular mm-hmm. cases, help uh, help as well, because yeah. we know in many cases they end up together again. So so having those services for all those involved, I mean, obviously our victims take priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, they refer to them as survivors. Survivors, you're right. That that's good. The organizations uh, refer to correct. them as survivors. Those survivors uh, 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 need to be. Uh, uh, we need to consider. Uh, them first, mm-hmm. but you know, offering help and 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 services for all those involved, not mm-hmm. just them, but the family, because it affects the kids too. Sure, sure. You know, kids are impacted. So when you listen today, one of the things that we're saying, we're encouraging our family members, we're encouraging victims, uh, uh, even that that guy who think he may go there yeah. to seek out help as well. So yeah. uh, because. You know, when we begin to change people's life, right? Right mm-hmm. now, that's what's happening all across America. Right. Our sense of normalcy isn't the same. Right. It's different. Right. Uh, all of that creates stress right. and anxiety. And for those people who already have issues, right. uh, it's multiplied even more. So uh, having services available, uh, educating, making them aware that there is help, yeah. that they're not alone, uh, that there's some others that are going through the same thing that you're going through. Yeah. Uh, we hope that those conversations and awareness can help us save one. And I'll throw Star in there as well as a great yes, organization. Yep. My company has done a bunch of work with Star over the years, Rachel A. Bear oh. and her team. And by the way, you know, Todd Graves has never thrown that Billy D story back at me. Neither did Melvin. I should never have told you all that story if I knew you were going to keep. And that's an inside joke. I'm sorry about that, folks. I try not to do that. But he flings that one at me every time. Uh, you know, it's funny. I got to see this because you just mentioned that. And and. Are you going to do this here? Well, no, look, this is this is good. This is good because, you know, when you're in these positions and this is unprecedented what we're going. Oh, yeah. And because it's unprecedented, we're learning as we go. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is leadership stands out. Good leadership. Yep. And when you mention Todd and I see what he's been doing, Graves, he's been out front. Phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. He's been out but front. But always, this is not uh, new. Absolutely. Helping other businesses and not just his, but getting out there with information, oh, uh, yeah. being that champion uh, for, for small businesses. No question. And the mayor and what they're doing. I, I tell you, I, it, it's one of those moments to see that leadership and mm-hmm. bringing us together. And because we know Todd, mm-hmm. I, I'm proud of him and, uh, yeah. and what he's doing on that yeah. front and, and the mayor as well. Well, I thought you were going to go someplace else. So I agree with you 100 percent. on yes, that. Sir. That was good. And and you said it. So one of the things that the mayor and I talked about when she was here a few minutes ago was that people are kind of checked out on politics right now. People don't really want politics because COVID-19 is impacting people regardless of what's in your bank account right. or how many letters are behind your name. Yes, sir. Doesn't really matter. And I think what's important now is accurate information. And, and I did ask her to speak to that. Mm-hmm. And I want you to do the same is talking about getting information from accurate sources. Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's important. You know, one of the things that um, it, it was brought to my attention and, and, and we knew this. Um, look, our police officers, um, they're dealing with the same anxiety mm-hmm. and, and, and stress and, and they still have to go to work. Yep. They don't get to stay home. Yep. Uh, and then the anxiety of thinking that in my tour of duty, I can be exposed right. and then bring that home to my family. Right. So if you think about that and, 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 and how that the, the stress and anxiety that creates, it was important for us to make sure that we push push information out. So we got with our uh, health and safety division. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, today he pushed out something every day. He's pushing something out. It is important for us to get that information out to the men and women and Correct. let them know that we hear uh, that the mayor supports you seeing uh, the mayor's put out several uh, messages uh, mm-hmm. uh, supporting first responders and, and also our health care, which includes uh, I mean, they're included in the first responder Absolutely. category. Absolutely. And she's very specific and deliberate on that because she's concerned. We all are concerned. Uh, and, and there's still some work we got to do. You know, mm-hmm. the PPEs are coming in, uh, the right. personal protection equipment is coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but but we got to keep pushing, pushing that. So. Uh, uh, pushing that information out to our officers as often as we can right. 
to address the misinformation that right. is out there. Uh, so what we tell uh, uh, the community and when we what we say is when we're speaking is please go to reliable sources. Don't believe what your cousin liked on social media. Don't believe what your friend shared because there's so much misinformation out right. there. If you want to know, go to the uh, CDC uh, right. website. You want to go to go to the governor's website. Mm-hmm. Go to the mayor's website. Mm-hmm. Go to the Baton Rouge Police Department's uh, website, where we are directing you to those mm-hmm. others. But even more so, social media as well, because yeah. we get instant information sure. on social media. And I got to say, our mayor has done a great job uh, with pushing information out on those platforms uh, in real time as information comes in. So I like to direct. Uh, uh, our listeners and and, and, and and people I come in contact with to her website as well. But make sure where you're getting your information from is reliable. Stop sharing information unless you did the time to do the research right. to see if it is valid information or not. And Chief, I've advised people, I said it to the mayor a second ago, to take long periods where they check out from the COVID coverage yep. on social media. And I mean, don't totally ignore it, but... I think if you obsess about it, yeah. it contributes to stress and anxiety. I mean, there is no order that says you can't sit out in your backyard and watch your kids play outside right. and, or go for a run in, in areas as long as you do social distancing. But I think this, is, this affects the psyche of the public across the country, across the world, as much as the body, because you don't know what to do. You don't know who does or doesn't right. have it. And that's important. Uh, wouldn't you agree that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to empty that stress, yeah. uh, that, that cup. Uh, and, and, you know, even more so as leaders, you know, we have to be cognizant of that in, in, in a way because yeah. people are watching us. Right. Yep. People are looking at how we handle situations. So, uh, you know, attitude is a choice. Yeah. Uh, how we look at things, uh, you know, as a as a Christian, uh, I know it's going to get better mm-hmm. because of faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the flesh, if I look at it in the flesh, um, I know we're going to be okay because I know what this community has already been through. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And we can go on and on and look where we're at. Yeah. But I think in times like this, it's about unity. It's about coming together. Because one thing we do know about this, this uh, virus, it can care less what your income is. It can care less what your race is. Mm -hmm. It can care less about your political affiliation. That's right. That's right. So it's time like this that we come together. Is there any additional information? Because you know, we talked on Monday and mm-hmm. we'll do these as often as as necessary because mm-hmm. people need the information. Is there any other info you want to get out to people listening right now? Yeah. You know, uh, use this as an opportunity to reconnect, mm-hmm. reconnect with your family, uh, reconnect, read a book. You talked about getting away. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's a few books. I, I thought about it. I know I've been going back and forth with some uh, some some friends about uh, reading some books and let's talk about it later. Uh, Energy Bus is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the staff members and I have talked about. Uh, but yeah, use this as an opportunity to catch up on your reading. We, we get so busy and, and this is a you know, time to reconnect with your family. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, be very careful uh, out there on what energy you're putting out. Yep what energy you're putting out, you know, and that, that, that counts with, you know, sharing information, mm-hmm. stop sharing negativity, <laughs> that's, stop sharing yeah. negativity. That's good to practice whether COVID was a thing or yeah. not. I yeah. think there's way, way too much of that. And Look, I, it doesn't help anybody. Clay, we got people who don't know how they're going to get their next check because their business is open. We got people who are dependent on tips, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in restaurants who haven't worked in two weeks, who haven't worked in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You got people who worked at uh, 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 clubs, nightclubs, bars uh, who haven't worked. We have people who worked at stadiums, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Superdome and other places and regular and, industry, and regular industry who, got, who, who can't be open because they're being compliant, which means there is no revenue coming in. So they're eating through reserves to pay, pay whatever staff they're keeping. Yes. So as you say. That's real life. That's that's so we happening. don't need the other stuff. No, we don't. And you know, I would, you, if you know a good small business owner, and I, I've got some friends who who and, and people think, oh, they're doing. I good. hope you they know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, they they they're not rich. You're eating through reserves. Absolutely. And that's people watch too much television. Yeah. The word rich is so subjective. Yes. yes. I mean, 
Bill Gates is rich. Yes. Okay. Mark Cuban is rich. I think Ty. We get Ty. Ty rich. Yeah. Ty's rich. Ty rich. Ty's okay, rich. Ty and then Ty didn't repeat that Billy D story. So he's better than you on that one anyway. So, but anyway, you know, yeah. I think for, I've, I've heard from clients right. in the last 10 days, mm-hmm. man, and I really feel where they are. Yes. And I'm talking scared, not, not, uh, no, fearful Absolutely. because you I'm take urgent. responsible you take the responsibility of contributing to a household seriously yeah. when you're talking about payroll and knowing that yeah. you're going to have to let people go and it's nothing you did wrong. Yeah. It's nothing they did wrong and there's nothing you can do about it. So on that topic, that creates stress. Yes, it does. That creates anxiety. Yep. Which can lead to other things. Absolutely. And then you start talking about the market. I know it's done a little better Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. But listen, you're actually talking about people who've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in the market in the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about that. That creates what? Anxiety, stress. Absolutely. Yeah. So knowing what everybody's going through, and then we all have our personal stories, Mm -hmm. this is the time to show love. No question. This is the time to put all that negativity and differences aside because you never, ever know what someone is going through. You never know. I mean, being polite to someone that you don't know, you could be the one person to just turn a light on, a a, a positive light in a day because people are walking around concerned about what tomorrow is going to look like. And I mean, and I think that's. That that's an important message from yeah. you. What are you telling the men and women of the department who are under your command? How are you keeping them motivated and, and in good headspace? So, you know, we're telling them to, to keep a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. I'll focus on our blessings. Yeah. You know, we're still working. We're still yeah. getting a check. Yeah. Um, I do understand that our officers may not be making uh, some of the overtime uh, from some of the federal grants and mm-hmm. some of the other. Uh, uh, a lot of our police officers also depend on what we call extra duty. This is working for other businesses when they're off. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of those businesses are closed, they're not able to make that uh, second income. Right. And yet that does have an impact on their lifestyle as well. So what we say is, look, this is this is temporary. This is not permanent. This is a, a time. It's a season. We're going to get through it. Remain positive. Focus on your blessings. And we, we end our meetings with a prayer. You know, I've called uh, a pastors and asked him to call in. A uh, pastor Mike called in the other day mm-hmm. and provided some words. Uh, one of our retired uh, officers who is now a preacher of a local church. Uh, we try to stay lifted up and, yep. and keep those spirits up and, and keep that information going to our officers. Uh, you know, when it comes to wellness and uh, uh, things that they can do to to better the situations, uh, because I do understand that their families uh, are, are also going through uh, some of the same emotions right. that they're going through and, and, you know, making sure in, in that they have an environment where they feel safe to say, Hey, I need a break. I need a time out. You know, right now we got four of our employees that are self-isolating, mm. right? Either because they were, uh, uh, had symptoms or was around someone who had symptoms. Mm-hmm. So we allow them to self-isolate, right. uh, so, so, so that they can feel, you know, be emotionally prepared. Cause obviously you don't want to bring anything home to your family. Sure. Uh, so we're doing those type of things. And, 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 you know, we see this happening around the country. We're going to continue to support our officers. We mm-hmm. have quarantine stations, uh, places, locations set up in the event someone does test positive. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we don't have that yet, but we right. are prepared in the event that happens. Well, we appreciate the work. I know we'll be doing this again next week and, and getting information out to the public. Yeah. Appreciate what y'all do, man. And to all of the men and women of your department, the sheriff's office and every yeah. medical professional who's out there on the front lines. God bless y'all. The public appreciates it. Yeah, thank you. And we appreciate the support. Uh, we get the love. And, and, and our doctors and our nurses, uh, I just can't say enough about them as well and uh, the, the great work that they're doing out there. All right, back to wrap up in just a minute. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting. Okay, is someone shot? Yes, someone is shot. The Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young. Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before. Real stories. It was my first love. Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. The Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young, exclusively at podcast225.com. Here we go. Here we go. This is The Clay Young Show. 
So this is the uh, this, the closing segment. And you know, the chief didn't leave because he's got a story that's so good yeah. he wanted to tell. This, and and he's he's talking through his pain. <laughs> so so I'm not yeah. Dr. Phil, but I want to hear the story. So you have also been on the other side of this. You're yeah. the you're the chief of police, but you've also yep. had to wear another hat. What other hat have you had to wear? Yeah, I'm a school teacher <laughs> and and a parent. So I have a these fry cook. Yeah, I've been having these parent teacher conferences with myself. How's that working out for you? I have a different appreciation for teachers. You know, uh, I, I go home and and because they, I get emails uh, through this app. It's called Remind, where the kids have to do all of this work. Uh-huh. So I come home and I say, let's go over your work. And it's a little different from homework because it's more, right? And look, you don't get in my position without having a little education. I did pretty good at Loyola University and at my state police career. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not dumb, Mm -hmm. okay? But I can tell you some of the work. My kids say, Daddy, why you keep going to the bathroom? It's because I have to Google (laughs) and I have to go on YouTube and educate myself because I didn't forgot some of the things. And then I come back out and say, okay, let let, let Daddy show you how to do that, boy. Let me show you. This is how it goes. So I have the utmost respect for our teachers. They don't get paid enough. I tell you. So uh, your your kids think you have a digestive disorder because every time you go to teach after I, I don't know if I forgot some of the stuff, Clay. Or well, they just they, they different. Start, it's different. It's, it's different. Some of the, even oh some of the gosh. math is brand new right now. Yes. It's 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 incredible to see it, and I've heard that from a lot of people <laughs> who are just yeah. they're like, "What?" Yeah, and you know, because you don't want to look dumb in front no, of your kid. You don't. You, you don't. Know? You don't. So, you're not, no, Daddy, that's how you do it. But don't tell me. Listen, I'm the chief of police. I'm gonna tell you how to do it. I bet your blood pressure shot up. <laughs> Let me show you how to do it. Well, give me a second. How many yes. times did you go to the bathroom and go? Oh my gosh, uh, about three, four. Yeah. <laughs> You Did know? you at least have the right answer when you came out? Well, it, it just refresher, right? Okay, I see it. I can, I can comprehend. Okay, yes. Then I go back. Well, let me show you how to do it. You so um, smart, Dad. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, listen. You know, all your kids are great, but there's, yeah. you know, there's one who oh really, really God. has yes, it. He's, yes, he yes. really has it. He knows a good football team when yeah, he, he sees is special. one. He is yes. special. He is special. Listen, don't come in here and slander yeah, him. I, I was, come on I, now. I was telling his mom he need to come back to Carolina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think, man, for a lot of people, yeah. I, the, the, I think the light at the other end of the tunnel, though, is the anticipation of when we get back to normalcy. I think there will be a better feeling of appreciation in society when when this isn't hanging over our head to yeah. this degree, because this too shall pass. So. So so let me so, so there's the there's the chief in me who 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 you're right but then there's the 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 reality in me I'm always thinking two three steps sure, ahead sure. that's that, that I've always kind of been like that um I think that when this is over that we're going to be talking about our new normal Oh I agree I our agree. normal yeah. like we once knew will yeah. never be the same No there will never be a pre-covid society no, again no. But I, what yeah. I, I guess what I mean is when we have a, a, a handle to a yes. degree on this, yes. and, and at least to the degree where we can say, okay, this vaccine is the one that will allow you to deal with this. Kind of mm. like the flu, right. you know, you still can get the flu, but you don't have to die from the flu right. unless there's a compromised immune system. There are only questions with COVID-19 right now. There are not many answers. No, and, and, and I hope that once, once, once we get through this, I don't hope it, I know uh, through the leadership, there has to be conversations. Mm-hmm. There has to be uh, about uh, washing uh, your hands. Well, uh, like, about but but know. about the experience we went through. Oh yeah, and yeah, about yeah, yeah. our yeah. new normal. Yeah, yeah, because every threat that comes after this will bring back those memories. Mm-hmm. Will bring back that fear in some. So we have to make sure that when we get through this, that there's trauma. Yeah, there's trauma that we're experiencing right now, and it's not going to end when we go back to our new normal. I agree, and yeah. you know, you said it earlier. Others have said it. Down in this part of the world, figuratively speaking, we can take a punch. I mean, yeah. you think about the last 
15 years from yeah. Katrina to Gustav to yeah. the flood and everything that happened in yeah. 16 to where we are now, right. there is resiliency here. Absolutely. And I like to remind people of that. Like, just remember, yes. we've been through some stuff and we are still here. Yeah. I think you got to remind people because Absolutely. you can't go to pieces. No. Because that only helps things fall apart even faster. That's right. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, when, when crazy things happen, I try as hard as I can to slow my heart rate, mm-hmm. to kind of take a step back, breathe, really, really feel what's happening. So the yeah. decision you make is born out of information and not emotion. Is that fair? It is fair. Yeah. That's fair. But we can't let it affect who we, who we are. I yeah. was, I was uh, in a setting recently smiling and laughing. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of silly. Sure. A lot of people don't know I'm yeah. silly. And um, I was kind of questioned about what we're going through and why I was smiling and, and laughing. And, and, and I go back to what my mom told me, never let anybody steal your joy. That's right. So that virus won't steal my joy. Man, I've heard from more people about the joking and, you know, cause we, we, we don't joke about the serious business and the details right. and that there's no, there's no humor in that, but, but laughing us doing these shows and especially the, the, by play yeah. between you and the sheriff. People love that. Yes. And and yeah. if I were if I was to put all the comments into one sentence to paraphrase, it's like it gives me some comfort yeah. to see that you guys can still laugh. Yeah. Because you have to be able to do that. If you if you ran around all the time, oh my God, oh my God, yeah. oh my God, people would tune out. It's like nobody wants to hear that. COVID nineteen will not steal my joy. I am still blessed. I am still grateful. And I know we're going to get through this, brother. We will. We yes, will. Sir. All right. So can I close the show now? Absolutely. And you can follow the chief and the department on social media. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. They're on the gram. You can find out what's happening through the department there. You can also go to the Baton Rouge Police Department's website. The chief makes himself available to media and to the public all the time. And I think that's one of the reasons so many of us can tell you, you don't have to listen to bad information because the good information is readily available. And we'll catch you next time on the next episode of the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show.